Welcome to the Hydric and Struggles Leadership Podcast, the premier provider of leadership consulting, culture shaping, and senior level executive search services. Every day, we're privileged to talk with fascinating people who are shaping the future through their leadership and vision. Each episode, you'll hear a different perspective from thought leaders and innovators. Thanks for listening to the Hydric and Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hi, I'm uh, Dennis Alamina, Principal at Hydric and Struggles and member of Hydric Consulting. In today's podcast, I'm speaking to Philip Wenger, Chairman and Chief Executive Officer at Fulton Financial Corporation, a U.S. financial holding company. Phil started his career at Fulton and held several senior roles before being appointed Chairman and CEO in 2013. He's a member of the Pennsylvania State Chamber Board, also Operation Hope Global Board of Directors, a financial dignity and economic empowerment nonprofit. Phil, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Well, thank you, Dennis. Phil, it's been uh, over five years now that you and your leadership team uh, deployed the Fulton Experience Cultural Transformation. Uh, could you tell us how and why this journey started? Uh, sure. So Fulton, as an organization, I think always had a strong culture. Uh, but we went through a difficult time period with the Great Recession in 2009, 10, and 11, and and then we ran into some uh, regulatory issues. So as I was uh, traveling around the company, talking to our employees and leaders, I really noticed that we had developed what I would call a uh, victim mindset and blamed a lot of our issues on outside forces that we had no control in. I didn't feel like we were holding ourselves as an organization accountable, nor were uh, individuals holding themselves accountable. And we really were in uh, what I called the uh, blame game. You know, we still had that strong culture. It's just, we felt like we really needed to tweak it in some positive ways and improve the culture or we probably wouldn't survive. So how does the company set its cultural transformation goals and how does it ensure they align with the strategy? First off, our strategy has always been about growing our company by focusing on our customers, our communities, and our employees. And I think historically our culture did support that strategy, but we started to... uh, lose that accountability part and we needed to get back to that so we've tried to drive the idea that we all own our results and i think that's that's really been beneficial and it's uh, we still talk about our customers our communities and our employees but we have people who understand what they need to do and own those results And I think another thing that was really important for us was uh, to start talking about innovation and an openness to change. As the world's evolved with uh, technology and digital uh, progress and analyzing data, uh, we had to include in our culture the fact that we needed to change and we needed to focus on innovation. So you mentioned uh, Fulton's focus on accountability. How did you and your team demonstrate accountability before, and what has changed today? Our operating model 
was highly decentralized. At one time, we had as many as 15 different charters under the holding company, and we had cut it to six, but we still had six. And then once we ran into some difficulties, it was just really easy for people to point a finger at other folks. And I, I, I do think uh, we had a, a lot of uh, finger pointing when it came to accountability. We changed our organizational structure, which I think really has made the whole accountability thing easier. We just operate with one uh, bank now. But we're, we're also very intentional about, you know, when new projects come on, just ongoing results. We're, we're very uh, intentional about identifying sponsors mm-hmm. for projects and initiatives, identifying who owns those. And I think that's, that's really been beneficial for us. So someone is ultimately accountable for success or failure now on everything that we do. But even more important, I think, Dennis, is when we started this change, I would say the word accountability had a negative connotation within the organization. We worked hard to change that and to make people understand that accountability is really a good thing and it helps you get recognized when you execute well. Uh, It it also, from a management standpoint, brings a lot of clarity on who's doing a good job and, and who isn't. So historically, I think in our organization, uh, you could not do a good job and hide for years. And I don't think that's the case anymore. Great. Thanks. You know, our listeners might not understand what 15 different charters might mean. Uh, could you just give us a brief sketch of what that means and where you are today? Fulton Bank was formed in 1882 here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's banking laws were kind of antiquated. We could not expand outside of counties in Pennsylvania that were contiguous to our home office. So that changed in uh, finally, and uh, I think it was 82, we formed a holding company in between, or between 1985 and 2005, we purchased uh, 22 banks across our current five state footprint. And 15 of those banks uh, continued to operate as a separate entity. Today, they're, they're all one organization. In the past, our model was all around geographies, and, and, and today it's around products. So what are the cultural values that are helping Fulton through the current challenging environment? I think two values that we've had and really that we've always had really help us through these times. And the first is what we call our, our uh, collaborative value, which is another word for teamwork. But we like to say we work together and we win together. So we do whatever it takes to help our customers. For example, recently, the uh, whole uh, PPP uh, loan process was quite a burden. We had the first day that that opened up, we had 6,000 applications for loans. Our customers were very concerned about the money running out. We were very concerned that we had the ability to help our customers. So we moved 400 people from their existing jobs into processing PPP loans. And we were able to get it accomplished. I think if you look at, you know, the percent of 
PPP loans we did as a percent of our total portfolio, we we did really well. Also, uh, since this all happened, our direct banking center has been swamped, and we've redeployed probably another 100 people to the direct banking and e-commerce areas. But that's the kind of teamwork we're talking about. Right. People were wor- willing to work long days to get accomplished what we needed to get accomplished and felt really good about it. The other value we have would be that I think is really important in this time. We've always had it. It's our customer value. We say we care, listen, understand, and deliver. And again, I think during the uh, PPP process, you know, it was all about uh, caring about our customers, listening to them, and delivering for them. That's true on so many things right now because we have a lot of customers who have a lot of concerns about their future and how they can continue and we're trying to uh, listen to them so uh, we're we're, uh, waiving fees when it's appropriate Uh, we've allowed our uh, deferrals on loan payments and uh, we're trying to continue to uh, listen to them to make sure as many people can get through this whole thing as uh, can. What other challenges are your, your your team really dealing with right now? I mean, the first thing is to make sure that our employees are safe and our customers are safe. So we had to redesign how we how we deliver our products and how we do our jobs. And we have close close to half of our employees are working uh, remotely. And those that aren't, uh, we uh, have certainly social distance and follow a guideline. So it was a challenge for us to be able to have that many. The first uh, couple of days, we ran into some real issues, uh, which which we've we've worked through. Our employees, our branches, we closed the lobbies uh, and made that by appointment only, mm-hmm. and operated. Uh, basically, our customers used our direct banking center and, and our drive-in facilities. But our employees in the branches, you know, they had a lot of concerns of, about meeting with people. We've had 22 employees who have tested positive for the virus. Uh, fortunately, uh, none of them have been uh, real sick. Uh, but it's a, uh, con- a concern you know, uh, we had a branch in uh, in New Jersey that was having some work done on it, and the uh, folks that came in to do the work were not following uh, guidelines at all. And you know, I quickly got some complaints on that, and we we uh, got in touch with it and um, uh, changed those things. Keeping people safe is uh, is a challenge. I think our culture uh, helped us navigate uh, through that. Uh, Another part of the culture that I've changed, I think, is the level of communication that we have with our employees. And uh, we've been incredibly diligent communicating uh, with them. And that's that's really helped us uh, 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 through this also. And, you know, we're also communicating with our directors. I think they're, they're pleased with how well and, you know, our customers and, and and employees feel. And we've tried to communicate with every 
a customer that we have either through email or telephone calls. Mm -hmm. I can't say we've been successful, but we have talked to an incredible amount of customers and, and uh, never really makes them feel good also. A key concept in culture transformation is the shadow of the leader, the idea that leaders' personalities and actions influence their organizations for better or for worse. Uh, tell us a little bit about the shadow you'd like to cast and your leadership team, for that matter, on the organization. So I think there's really three things that we, as a leadership team, are focused on. And the first is obviously accountability. Uh, we've talked a lot about that, and we, we continue at a high level to be accountable for, for, for the results of the company, whether they're positive or, or negative. And in conjunction with that, I would say transparency is uh, really important. And so, again, both the positive and, and the negative. And then that ties into communication. We've increased our communication, but at the same time, our, our communication is about transparency and it's about accountability. Mm -hmm. So you put the three together, and I think that casts a shadow that most of our employees appreciate and uh, understand and try to emulate. And at the same time, as leaders, and that, this isn't just at the top, but throughout the organization, we try to stress to our leaders that all our stakeholders, whether it's our customers, our employees, or, or our communities, they're all watching all the time. And you just have to remember that you have to be transparent, you have to be authentic. What advice do you have for other leaders as they think about how diversity and inclusion, which is certainly front and center today, um, how that adds value to the business? Being diverse is just not some action you want to take for the heck of it or because people think you should. It's because it adds value. I think a, a, a lot of people lose, kind of lose that concept. And the value of diversity needs to be felt by everyone. Everyone needs to uh, see themselves as providing that value. It's really, you know, any way that we all can be different from one another. The more thoughts and ideas that you can have and listen to and act upon, we think the better that you're going to be. And uh, you know, I'd say uh, probably for a long time our industry wasn't real real good at that, uh, real good at understanding that, the, the value that is created by diversity by uh, diverse people, diverse thoughts. It's again, it's something that you need to be very diligent about and be transparent, communicate, and and live. Well, great. Thanks, Phil, for uh, taking some time to speak with us today. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time.